The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at BuffaloRumlings.com. The Bills are 3-1 and one and heading into the next phase of their season. And we're answering your questions here on Buffalo Rumlings Q&A. As always, you can call us at 716-508-0405 to leave your voicemails. You can tweet us at Rumlinks Q&A. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. There's lots of ways to get in touch with us. Email at buffalorumlings at sbnation.com. You can send us Facebook or Instagram messages. Leave comments in the comments section in our show notes at buffalorumlinks.com. Lots of ways to get in touch with us. Uh, we've got a few voicemails and, of course, some opinions on the Buffalo Bills game against the New England Patriots, the awesome defense, the subpar offense, all of the things in between, special teams, of course. Uh, so stick around for Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. As we typically do during the season, we start this podcast with my five observations from immediately after the game against the New England Patriots. I started with a positive note. The Bills defense is championship caliber, whether it's um, you know Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds, Tredavious White, uh, especially Micah Hyde, who followed Tom Brady's eyes and was able to get a nice uh, end zone interception against uh, the greatest quarterback of all time. The Bills were held, or the Bills held the Patriots to 150 yards passing, um, a sub 500 completion percentage, just 3.6 yards per play. It was a great defensive performance that was wasted, an elite defensive performance that was wasted by the offense this week. And let's get to that. Bad Josh Allen. Uh, even before he was injured, Josh Allen was shook back there, according to Patriots defenders and pretty much everybody who watched the game. He had one good drive coming off of halftime. But before that, it was, and, and after that, it was just not great. And he, it, it's not unexpected against Bill Belichick, but but he was just not very good at all. He wasn't finding his receivers for what the defense gives him. And it just, he needs to do that more is take what the defense gives him instead of looking for the, the home run every time. The next part of mine uh, was the special teams. Uh, I think the special teams cost the game just as much as Josh Allen did. Uh, they had a blocked punt that was returned for a touchdown. They had, and the bills lost by six points. They had, um, 
a couple 20-yard or 22-yard punts from Corey Bajorquez, uh, a missed field goal. It just it was not a very good day for the special teams and Heath Farwell's unit. Uh, timeouts and challenges are a problem again for Sean McDermott. Uh, he seems to not, not be great with this. He, um, Whether it's taking a timeout before a punt or you know, blowing all their timeouts before the end of the game, it just it does not work out for him in particular, but also for just offensive mistakes in, in that category is not getting to the line in time. And then his, the challenges, it just seemed like he was getting emotional during the game and, and, and just like, well, I think I don't think it was that way, but like really being able to overturn it is is kind of the the barometer he should be using for his challenges. It's why he's one of the worst in the league as far as uh, challenge rates go. Uh, the third down nightmares for the Bills round out my five observations piece, and they were just two of 13 on third downs. Uh, multiple interceptions on third down, multiple sacks on third down that knocked the Bills out of field goal range. It wasn't just that they didn't convert, it's that they didn't convert catastrophically, whether it's the, the turnovers, but those two field goals that Josh Allen took off the board by taking sacks that either knocked Buffalo completely out of field goal range or made the kick for Stephen Hauschka a lot longer. I mean, those were important in the end when the Bills lost by six. So uh, it's not just that they had a low third down conversion rate or that they were throwing the interceptions on third down, which again, isn't the end of the world if you're going for it on third down and you throw a 25-yard or 30-yard interception, especially when Corey Bajorquez is punting it for 20 yards. But that's not the end of the world. But taking points off the board on third down is not good. And their third down conversion was absolutely atrocious on Sunday against the New England Patriots. Those are my five observations at buffalorumblings.com. Now let's get to your questions. This week's question I'm getting a lot has to do with the hit that knocked Josh Allen out of the game and a lot of folks thinking it was a dirty hit, uh, an ejectionable offense or a disqualifying event, depending on your terminology. I don't think that the New England Patriots defender did anything that rises to the level of ejection, especially when you put it against the hit that, say, Vontez Perfect um, out in Oakland was ejected for and eventually suspended for the rest of the season for. Allen was a runner. He was in the process of being tackled from behind. Uh, the Patriots defender lined him up to try and hit him, for sure. But I don't think he was leading with his head. He wasn't going for Josh Allen's head. He was trying to hit him, and Allen was falling down. It was just unfortunate. He was flagged on the play. I think he should have been flagged on the play. I don't think he should have been kicked out of the game, and I don't think he should be suspended. If you go by the league's rule book, um, and we have a really nice breakdown of this by Jeff Kontrowski, uh, who you might know as Scarecrow at BuffaloRumblings.com, who's our penalty expert, he did a really nice breakdown of this at BuffaloRumblings.com on Monday. And he shows that the the body angle of the Patriots defender, uh, the defensive back, I think it's Jones, uh, wasn't parallel to the ground, which is what the rule is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about tackling with your head up. And the Patriots defender had his head up when he was going in for the tackle. I just don't think there was a whole lot he could have done to I, I, to not hit Josh Allen in the head. It, um, Like I said, it was flagged. Uh, he didn't have to stand over him and flex. Uh, that part wasn't great. 
but I don't think he was trying to, you know, take off Josh Allen's head or anything like that. He didn't have a free shot at Josh Allen. And, and Allen did lower his head at the end a little bit um, as he was bracing for impact. And again, being tackled from behind doesn't help. He wasn't able to get his arms up the way he might have wanted to or avoid the contact the way he probably should want to. So I don't think it was a dirty hit. Um, well, it was it was borderline dirty, but um, it was slagged, and I don't think he should have been ejected. So that's my opinion on that. That's this week's uh, question. I'm getting a lot. Uh, should the Patriots defensive back have been ejected for his hit on Josh Allen? <laughs> Speaking of Josh Allen, let's get right to our Twitter question of the week. This was sent in by Andy O'Brien at Rumlings Q&A on Twitter. Will Josh Allen increase his IQ when scrambling? And uh, a little bit of a shout out to Andy here. He asked this a week ago on uh, September 23rd before Josh Allen was absolutely obliterated on that scramble. Um, I wrote a complete article on this on Monday morning. It was my Monday morning uh, think piece. And it started with a podcast from Move the Sticks, uh, Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network, a former NFL scout. And uh, he was talking about Cam Newton and Cam Newton's injuries. And I don't really like comparing Newton and Allen. But in this case, this one instance I'm going to, in order for Allen to be a successful long-term quarterback, he's going to have to learn how to avoid taking hits. He's going to have to learn how to avoid getting knocked out. Of the game and you see it with cam newton while he's only missed a handful of games over his career he's been on the injury report a lot and he's been playing through a lot of injuries like his uh, shoulder injury last year uh, foot injury now ankle injuries you can't go up against nfl linebackers and safeties and defensive linemen for your entire career no matter how big and strong you are you have to evolve as a quarterback. You have to evolve as a pocket passer and uh, try to avoid those hits. If you look at some of the successful quarterbacks that have done that, I mean, I always look at Steve Young, who was able to transition from being that kind of run-first quarterback into a nice passing quarterback as his career progressed. On that podcast, I mentioned Jeremiah and his co-host, Bucky Brooks, mentioned that Cam Newton wasn't really interested in that because he thought it it took away parts of his game. And if that's true, they pegged his longevity at about eight to 10 years, which he's right about at now as he turns 30 in the NFL. So if we want Josh Allen to be around for the next say eight years and playing like this, that's fine. But you have to take the good with the bad. You have to know that he's going to have a shortened career and he's probably going to miss some time. So you're going to have to have a solid backup plan in place. And they do with Matt Barkley right now, but they're going to have to have that for his entire career. If that's how he's going to play. I'm not interested in neutering Josh Allen and making his game, you know, Trent Edwards or anything like that. But we have to have some sort of happy medium, and then you have to have a backup plan because Josh Allen's going to do that. And you have to know that his career isn't going to go till 36, 37, 38 years old like Eli Manning or Drew Brees or even Tom Brady. You have to have a shorter lifespan for a quarterback like that. So thanks for the question at Rumley's Q&A. Andy O'Brien, our Twitter question of the week.
Next up on Twitter is at Bill1BB. When are we getting a new punter? I've answered way more punter questions on this show than I ever thought I would and ever thought I would want to. Um, Corey Bohorka has had a very bad game against the New England Patriots, but he's been very good in the first three weeks. I think he gets another week if he totally blows it against the Tennessee Titans. I think that's when the Bills will start making some phone calls and getting some guys in here. I don't think it has anything to do with the bye week necessarily, but I think it'll just be, you know, they, they've given him his shot uh, for a quarter of the season. He was three up and one down. So if he does it again, he'll be done. Thanks for your question at Rumlings Q&A on Twitter. We'll be right back after this break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. To the phone lines we go at 716-508-0405. Jason, Seattle, Washington. When do we see Duke Williams released from the practice squad to dominate on the field with Josh Allen? Hi, Jason. Great question. I love how you asked it. I don't see any reason why Duke Williams isn't on the team if Zay Jones is not going to be fighting for the ball the way we saw against the New England Patriots. Twice, Josh Allen threw to him, and Jones did not break up the interception. Uh, one Once going each way. And I mean, I know Gene Steratore said that he broke it up on the second one, which was Allen's third interception. It was right along the sideline, and the Patriots defender didn't possess the ball, and then Zay Jones touched the ball while it was still moving, and Jones had stepped out of bounds, so that makes the ball dead. But Jones needed to catch that ball, not let the guy even have a chance to get it. So going up and and fighting for the ball is something that he has not done a great job with. And then he had the drop on the fourth down play in the end zone. I just... I haven't had a whole lot of use for him this year, neither of the Bills. Uh, he's a good run blocker, sure, but I mean, they could get more production out of that position. I think they're sticking with him right now just because he's a former second-round pick of this regime, but I, I can't see him sticking around very much longer the way he's been playing this like this season. So uh, Duke Williams coming up to the roster isn't going to be like some godsend for this team, but I think it could certainly at a level of physicality that they don't have right now. Thanks for your question at 716-508-0405. Before we go on to the next question, though, I wanted to give shout-outs to the other folks on Twitter who asked it. At Bar13 asked, 
do we need a bigger target for Allen to throw to? Someone like Duke Williams. Brian Cook asks, why do we continue to throw the ball to Zay Jones? And Brian Adams asked, why is Zane Jones playing and not Duke Williams? <laughs> so it was obviously a popular question this week. Back to the phones. 716-508-0405. Hey, what's happening, guys? Love the show. Love the music, especially. Uh, sorry, Eric in Connecticut. I thought yesterday's game against the Patriots at home was very one-sided when it came to our formations. It was either five wide or the obvious, like, 11 formation that they're talking about here on Monday Night Football. I think Dable could do a better job, but here's the question. Yesterday it was obvious that we had Gore up the middle, but no real chance to go outside because Singletary, obviously. So Marcus Murphy, I, was, I thought he was really a bad cut and would love to see him come back. Currently a free agent. Just want to know your thoughts. Thanks. Hey, Eric. Thanks for calling in from New England Patriots country over in Connecticut. Uh, I think they were trying to get by without Devin Singletary for a week or two. Uh, Singletary was close to playing against the Patriots, according to Sean McDermott, which leads me to believe he'll be back against the Tennessee Titans, even if it's in a limited role. They have TJ Yeldon, who's a running back with experience that they were going to try and get to the edge. But he's more of a pass-catching option out of the backfield. And I don't know if Gore – I mean, Gore did a really nice job uh, in the last couple weeks uh, carrying the, the running load for this team. Uh, Marcus Murphy was a guy that if, if Singletary was going to be out for an extended period of time, I was assuming that they were going to give him a call. Um, he's, he's a very good option. Uh, but, I, I mean, they, they just wanted to – see if Singletary could come back. If any of the running backs go out for any period of time, he's a guy that I would call in a heartbeat. I think he's an NFL caliber running back. I'm surprised he's not on a roster right now, to be honest with you. As far as the formations thing that you were talking about, uh, they were a little bit limited um, against the New England Patriots, but I don't think they're as limited as you're implying. Uh, they use Lee Smith in and out. They used uh, Dawson Knox in and out. They, uh, they might go five wides, but have tight end tight ends in there or uh, a fullback in there, and so it's not exactly the personnel grouping that you're talking about. It's you know they're using a traditional personnel grouping in an innovative way to try and get a read on the defense. So I think that needs to be taken into account too. They've been using a lot of two tight end sets, uh, especially since. Uh, Devin Singletary went out, and uh, Dawson Knox has come back fully healthy, and it's probably going to continue when Tyler Croft comes back healthy from his uh, most recent ankle injury. I I like the offense that Brian Dable has been calling. Uh, I think there was a lot of times on Sunday where you saw that there was plays to be had that Josh Allen wasn't taking on the short throws, and um, uh, if you're going to complain about play calling and Brian Dable, I think there's you know th there's there's times when we can do that. The fourth down play to Zay Jones. He's not the guy I would scheme up for on fourth down. Um, but there, there's legitimate concerns with the offense for sure. I just don't know if if that's necessarily it. Um, 
I, I don't have a problem with their personnel groupings right now. Uh, I think he's been really innovative the first few weeks, whether it was in week one, splitting Patrick DeMarco out wide a ton so that they could get a line on a read on the linebackers. Or if it's, you know, just what they've been doing with Frank Gore since Devin Singletary went out. So thanks for your question uh, at 716-508-0405. Back to Twitter at XXVerminXX. Brian Adams asks us, uh, why did they not utilize the tight ends more against the New England Patriots? Like I was saying in the earlier question, there are legitimate arguments against the Bills' offensive game plan against the New England Patriots. Uh, Dawson Knox is just really coming into his own as an NFL tight end, and he's shown it the last two weeks now. I don't know why they didn't use him more against the New England Patriots. Um, It could be Josh Allen holding on to the ball too long. It could be that they wanted to keep in extra blockers against the Patriots, who kind of gave a muddled front a lot. Um, Lee Smith was blocking a lot, we know, because he got called for a lot of penalties so they were using that the tight end in that aspect of the game I don't know how many routes that they were going out in in the passing game however um it's definitely a legitimate question for me as well um and I know Sal Capaccio spent a good chunk of his day on Monday talking about it on the extra point show um it's something that they really can unleash with with Dawson Knox's ability to just come up and make big plays when he's he's needed. So uh, I really would like to see them start to utilize the tight end a little bit more going forward. I agree with you. Thanks for your question at Rumlings Q&A. Next up is a question that has been getting a little bit of traction uh, in Buffalo Bills Twitter. Will the Bills be better off with Matt Barkley at quarterback as opposed to Josh Allen? Uh, Maybe for the long term. Uh, Barkley makes very quick decisions, gets the ball out quickly because he's seen more things. He knows what to do with it. Uh, But I don't think he has the ability to extend plays. He doesn't have the ability to consistently hit on those intermediate passes that Josh Allen was so successful on during the first three weeks of the season from 10 to 20 yards, somewhere in there. I just, he, even against the Patriots, you saw the first play he comes in and makes that big completion. Everyone's like, oh, where was this all day? Well, he gets the ball, he takes one step, and he hurls it up to the single coverage guy. I mean, that it, it, it's a really easy decision to make when you trust your receiver. And, uh, and you're not worried about a guy trying to get open. And um, he saw the single coverage, threw it, the guy made the catch, that's what you're supposed to do. But there was a ton of times where he also was throwing it at his receiver's feet. And uh, we saw that over the course of the game as well. And then he, of course, had the high throw to Zay Jones on fourth down. So there's a lot of things at play here. I think he's good at making quick decisions and getting the ball into the hands of his playmakers. But I don't know if he's the, the threat that Josh Allen is to convert on third downs. And I I, th- I know he's physically limited. He, If Josh Allen is healthy, he needs to be the quarterback of the Bills. I just want to put that out there right now. But I'm, I'm fully comfortable with Matt Barkley coming in for a game or two as 
you know, an injury replacement for Josh Allen. I, I think that the team has confidence in him. He proved it last year when he came in on whatever it was, two weeks of work and, and lit up the Jets. I think he's a legitimate backup quarterback in the NFL, and I'm looking forward to, uh, to see him go in there if uh, Josh Allen can't go. But Josh Allen's the long-term answer, or at least the only one on their roster. <laughs> I'm not willing to say he's the long-term answer just yet. Thanks for your question, and Rumblings Q&A. At the unhelpful NPC asks us, what does it say about the Bills that the game was so close as it was, despite the turnovers? Well, I think we've been seeing that for pretty much the entire season. The Bills' defense is elite. They are able to stop anybody who's in front of them, including the greatest quarterback of all time, uh, one of the highest scoring offenses in the league, or at least one of the offenses that has the potential to do that in the Cincinnati Bengals. They are able to come up with big stops when Bills' defenses in the past haven't been able to do that. It also speaks to their depth on defense, that even though they have guys out like Taron Johnson or Harrison Phillips, that they have other players that they can put in and get similar results from. So it shows some depth. It shows um, great coaching on that side of the ball in particular. I don't think it says a whole lot about the offense because I still think the offense is growing and learning and individuals on the offense are growing and learning. So it says a lot about the team's grit. It says a lot about the culture that Sean McDermott has instilled in them, but it mostly says a lot about the talent on the defensive side of the ball. It's a great question, and um, I think it bodes well for their future success going down, because once this offense figures it out, man, once they start scoring, you know, I don't know, let's be crazy, and let's score 21 or 22 or 25 points a game. Um, once they can actually do that, then I think that the, this Bills team will, will be dangerous. If, if their offense can get it figured out by the time the playoffs roll around, nobody's going to want to play this Bills defense. Thanks for your question over on Twitter, at Rumblings Q&A. Let's sneak in one more question before we call it a day. Donnie Snyder at DreBatPlus on Twitter asks, why did we go for it on fourth and not kick a field goal? We could have tied the game, and who knows what could have happened in overtime. Well, uh, I am almost always in favor of going for it. Um, if the Bills had been within a field goal and it was to tie the game, I think they would have kicked the field goal, knowing Sean McDermott and how conservative he is. I think their hand was forced just a little bit by the fact that it was Matt Barkley in the game and uh, they didn't think that he could engineer another scoring drive if they kicked a field goal to go from 16 to 10 to 16 to 13. They didn't have a ton of time left on the clock. They were in a good field position. They had plays in their arsenal that they could convert on. So I think it was probably more likely that they would score a touchdown on that play than they could get a sustained enough drive to kick a field goal to tie the game and then win in overtime. There's just a lot of factors at play there. So, I mean, you're going up against Tom Brady, uh, and even though your defense has been good all day, like just one touchdown drive can can end your game. So I, I just don't think that they were comfortable enough with their backup quarterback in there uh, 
to to take that chance. I I'm almost always in favor of going for the touchdown, and I would have been fine either way here um, with that fourth down call. But it would have been a lot easier if you know Stephen Hauschka hadn't missed his field goal because Josh Allen took a sack, or if Stephen Hauschka had had another field goal to attempt earlier in the game because Josh Allen didn't take a sack. So I'm more concerned about those plays than I am about whether they're going for the touchdown or a field goal on fourth down. Thanks for your question at Rumlings Q&A. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. As always, there's a podcast for you on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network, whether it's Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, Blitzville's, The Mafia Mavens, Believe, Circling the Wagons, Nick and Nolan, whoever it happens to be, there's a podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings channel for you. Call in your questions for next week's episode at 716-508-0405. Tweets at Rumlings Q&A. You can leave Facebook or Instagram messages at Buff Rumlings or at Buffalo Rumlings. I don't know. And, uh, of course, the comment section at buffalorumlings.com is a great place to leave your questions as well. Off to Tennessee. Go Bills.